0: your neighbor and say, I know breakthrough's here. (laughs) Amen. My pulpit's not, but breakthrough is. (laughs) How many of you love the Lord today? (laughs) Excited about what he's doing? Thank you, sir. Thank you. I have an announcement to make. We waited a couple of weeks after we took up the resurrection seed offering to let more come in. So the total amount that we took up, and this will, be, this will go directly to the principal against the church, is $18,464.20. Now, just, just to give you an idea about how big of an impact this has over the last three years, we've put approximately, and I can get the exact figures on it, but I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, and I believe it's around $75,000 against the principal of this building. When you, when you figure that over the life of the loan, you're talking about a savings of probably a quarter million dollars. So let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. If you uh, aren't aware Next week is Mother's Day, and so what we're going to be doing is for all the moms that are present next week, we're going to be, we'll have a couple of photographers that will be taking your family's pictures in front of the brick walls, so you can wear, we're not lining you up for any other reason than to take your picture, so uh, invite your families out, we'll be taking pictures, uh, and then we'll get those to you either in Uh, print or, and I don't remember how we do that. Kathy, are you here? No, I think she went camping this weekend. Uh, I think a lot of people went camping this weekend, by the way. (laughs) So anyway, we uh, make sure to bring your parents out. And then because it is Mother's Day next week, we have something special for you. Hey, Hey. you got big plans for Mother's Day? No. Hmm? I forgot Mother's Day. Oh, gosh. I didn't say anything to my wife this morning
1: on the way to church or nothing. She was acting all fine, but you know what that means. You know what that means.
0: Oh, mama. Oh, my mom. Mama. Oh, I didn't call my mom. I didn't call my mom. I always call her before church on Mother's Day, that sweet woman. 26 hours of hard labor followed by an 11-pound, 2-ounce baby boy with a pumpkin head. And I didn't call her today. Oh, she probably doesn't think I'm alive. No, no, I'm doomed. Hey, it's it's okay. It's okay. Mother's Day is next week.
1: Oh, yeah. So I've got till Saturday night.
0: Everybody say he needs some help. Well, we appreciate our moms, and so we'll, we'll, we'll let you know that next week. But we, honestly, we ought to let you know that every day, huh? I figured all the moms would be yelling, amen! If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in the book of 2 Chronicles today, the 14th chapter. I'm wired a little bit different this morning, so if a wire pops out, it's not me. i I'm human second chronicles the 14th chapter i want to uh speak to you for just a little bit on i have my heart set would you say that with me i have my heart set let's pray together father we thank you for your word god that it's truth and it's life and we just ask you god to speak to us lord right where we're at and god let us know your desire Your will for us. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on up here and fix me, baby. I'm getting the sign, and I know what that means.
1: Okay, just keep
0: talking. Okay, I'm just going to keep talking. This is an illustrated message. This is about the man that can't get dressed without his wife's help. And How many of you know that? How many of you can relate to that? Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you. Everybody give her a hand. She deserves one for keeping me straight. Okay. I want to talk to you about a king in Scripture. His name is Asa. The kingdom is split. The northern kingdom of Israel has broken away from the southern kingdom of Judah. God promised that there would always be a seed of David that's set on the throne, and so Judah becomes that seed, and that's where Jerusalem is located, and Israel becomes a northern kingdom, their, their capital becomes Samaria. What ends up happening is there's always this back and forth between these kingdoms, and you see these kings rise and fall, and it always happens according to where their heart is. Everybody say, I had my heart set on it. <laughs> Did you ever have your heart set on something? When you have your heart set on something, you pursue that something. When you have your heart set on Mexican food after church, you do not want to go to Taco Bell. That's not the Mexican food you're thinking of. If you've got your heart set on steak... You don't want chicken. If you have your heart set on going fishing early on Sunday morning, you're probably not here right now. (laughs) Because whatever we have our heart set on is what we end up pursuing. Everybody say, we pursue what our heart is set on. Scripture said it this way, that where the... Treasure is, that's where our heart will be also. So wherever we set our treasure is where our heart follows. It's not the other way around. Asa comes to the throne. He didn't have a good example. His dad wasn't a good example for him. But he came to know God. He sought God. when he, Because of his pursuing God, he, he, he ends up... With 10 years of peace in that throne. How many of you know that God is the Prince of Peace? Amen. And so he's able to bring peace where there's been no peace. And so things are going well. He fortifies the cities of Judah during that time. He builds them up. He strengthens them with gates and walls. And, and, and the city prospers. It's kind of like how we want our life, right? We want peace in our life. And we want prosperity in our life. And we want it to prosper. But how many of you know that no matter who you are, where you come from, you cannot get through life without facing some storms. Amen. You, it, there, Amen. Storms just happen. They're a part of living. And if you're going to try and avoid a storm, then you're not, I mean, it, it's an impossibility. Storms come. The question is, what do you do in the midst of the storm? So, a storm comes. After 10 years of peace, it shows up. How many of you know that you can go from calm to chaos in a moment? Amen. And, and the, the question is, is are you prepared for the storm? And a lot of that has to do with where you've set your heart. And so when the storm comes, an Ethiopian army is coming against Judah. It's a million-man army. Judah is outnumbered nearly two to one in this fight. And yet, when Asa sees this army coming at him, this is what he prays. It's found in 2 Chronicles 14 and 11. This is the NLT. Then Asa cried out to the Lord his God, O Lord, no one but you can help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord our God, for we, our trust, our trust, for we trust in you alone. It is in your name that we have come against this vast horde. O oh Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere men prevail against you. So he's facing a million-man army, but he's calling it for what it is. It's just man. See, the storms that come cannot take you out as long as you keep your eyes on him. It's just man. But how many of you know that God is bigger than man? (laughs) As a matter of fact, the scripture said, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? God is, his ways are so far above our ways. But what happens is sometimes we get sucked in the vortex of the storm, and we are not looking to God, we're just looking around us. And he prays that way, and what he's saying is this, Think about his prayer. He doesn't come to God going, oh, man, God, what are we going to do? What are you going to do, God? What are you going to look at all these people? He said, it's nothing for you to take care of this. He said, he, he, he's saying, you, you, you can help the weak against the mighty. doesn't matter whether you save by many or by few. God's able to do it. Amen. And when God hears that prayer, God does it. Everybody say he does it. Those million men march in and an army half their size defeats them. Not because Asa is a brilliant general or because he understands the ways of warfare. It's because he knows who his God is and he chose to trust in God rather than in himself and they win that battle. They, matter of fact, they win more than that. They not only route that army, but on their way out there, they take care of some other business and come back with more stuff than they can carry. They, they, they're loaded up. Everybody say, just load it up. Oh, yeah, Any of you ever come out of Aldi? Just load it up. On his way back, a prophet stops him. Prophet's name, if I remember right, is Azariah. And he stops him and he says, hear me, Asa and all Judah and Benjamin. You don't have this one. The Lord is with you while you are with him. Say that with me. The Lord is, go ahead. The Lord is with you while you are with him. Oh, now wait a minute. See, I want God with me when I'm doing my own thing. I want God with me when I'm taking care of my business. I want God with me when I'm telling off my neighbor. I want God with me when I'm, you know, when, when the person in traffic cuts me off and I pull them over to let them know that they're not driving correctly. The Lord is with them or is with you while, as long as you're with him. He says, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Be strong and do not let your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. How many of us have ever gone through something in our life where we're doing all we know to do for God and then we're in the middle of a storm and the storm comes in and we're thinking, God, where are you at, man? What's going on here? You're supposed to be showing up in the midst of this. I mean, come on, God, where are you? It's always darkest before the dawn. You, 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 you can't just throw your hands up and, and, and walk away from God Because you're getting ready to walk away from a miracle. Just because God isn't moving in your timetable doesn't mean that God isn't moving. Abraham wanted a son when he was young and viral, (laughs) he didn't get it until he was old and decrepit. A hundred years old, that, my friend, is a miracle. Because the baby he's rocking isn't his great grandbaby. It's not even his grandbaby. It's his little boy. Can you imagine that showing up? And how many of you have ever had a baby at a hundred? Nobody. How many of you ever felt that you had a baby? I mean, felt felt, felt like you were a hundred after you had a baby. <laughs> I got Melissa threw her hand up before I ever got it out of my mouth. Yeah, that's me. You know what I'm talking about? And, and he's a 100 years old. Well, he married some sweet young thing. That's exactly right. She was 10 years younger than he was. She's 90. <laughs> Giving birth to a child at 90. And she laughed about it. <laughs> Who would have ever believed it? If you'll just hold on to God, he can turn your mourning into Laughter. <laughs> He can turn your midnight hour into a noonday sun Amen. if you'll just hold on to him. Don't forsake him. Amen. Hang on to him. And this is what he said. He said, be strong and have good courage because your work is going to be rewarded. Amen. How many of you have ever felt like you were taken for granted at your job? Do not raise your hand if you're sitting next to your employer. How many of you ever felt like you, you, were, you, you were taking advantage of at your job? Just, you can raise your hand on the inside. Just do that. And then they, and then they come up and they tell you, oh, you do such a wonderful job. And this is what you want to say. Tell me about it on my paycheck. <laughs> you do such a wonder. I'm so glad to have you. We're so fortunate to have you here for eight seventy five dollars an hour. Sometimes it's hard to smile in the storm. But he said, be strong and of good courage because your work will be rewarded. Everybody say it with me. God will not forget you. As long as you don't forget him, He said, he won't forsake you if you don't forsake him. So when Asa hears this, now I know what Debbie was motioning for. For those of you that are listening by radio, my wire was coming out. So when Asa heard the words of the prophet, this is what happens. He hears those words, and then all of a sudden he gets excited. Everybody say he got excited. How many of you got up this morning and were excited that you were going to get to come to church today? You know, it's an amazing, I got an amazing view from up here. I said that, looked around and some of you going. I know that it's not raining outside, and that's a big thing, isn't it? Let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. And I know some of you were thinking, why couldn't it have been like this yesterday instead of today, and I got to come to church and sit in here. When he heard what God said, he got excited because he he knows that God is going to keep his word. And so what Asa does and all of Judah with him, he goes out, man, and they go after it. They dedicate, they they enter a covenant where they give themselves wholeheartedly to God. Everybody say that with me, wholeheartedly. Don't raise your hand on this. I just want you to think about it. Have you given yourself wholeheartedly to God? Wholeheartedly. That means that I'm not holding anything back. That I have no reservations about my life in his hands. That I've given him all of me. I haven't held back that part that wants to do things its own way but I've given that to him as well. When they go out, man, they start ripping, they start tearing down idols and ripping up poles that were built to false gods. Matter of fact, he he, he throws his own grandma off the throne because she built some pole to a false god, and he said, hit the road, grandma. Well, he didn't say it quite like that, but... He, he got her, he, he took her off the throne. She's not there anymore. Why? Because he's saying, look, I don't, I, I'm not holding back a part of me. I'm giving all of me to all of him. I'm not going to do some things my way and some things his way. I'm going to do it his way. Amen. Guess what happens? Israel, I'm sorry, Judah experiences and at twenty. Five years of peace. Some of us would give a hundred dollars just to have twenty-five minutes of it. Amen. Twenty-five years of peace and prosperity. Twenty-five years where it's smooth sailing. Twenty-five years where there's no hiccups. Twenty-five years where everything is going right. And then Israel attacks. Israel goes in and invades Judah. They build a city or a a, a fortress, if you will, that they create a blockade with so that nobody can get into Judah and nobody can come out of Judah. And when that happens... Something unusual takes place. Asa takes all the silver and gold out of the temple of God. And he sends that silver and gold to a foreign king, the king of Syria. His name is Benadad. He sends it to him and he says, come down here and, 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 and help me out. Come down here and fight for me. Come down here and, and break your alliance with Israel and fight against them and get them off my back. So the king of Syria takes the gold and the silver. He comes down and he fights for Judah. He fights against Israel. And Israel leaves and it seems like everything is well. But everything's not well. Another prophet comes out to meet Asa again. This one's name is Haniah or Hanai. He comes out, and when he finds Asa, he takes him aside, and this is what he tells him. Let, let me put part of this in plain English, and then I'm going to put the other, I'm going to read you scripture. He tells him, man, what are you doing? What, the army of Ethiopia was bigger than this army. And when you called on me, I answered you. I came in and I defeated those people. But now you've chose not to call on me. And you called on the king of Syria... I would have allowed you to destroy the king of Syria because the time's coming when he's going to destroy you. He's going to fight against you. But now you've let him slip through your hand and now you're going to have war from here on out. And this is what he tells him. He says, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth so that he may support those whose heart is completely his. Everybody say it with me. He supports... He fights for, he shows up for those whose heart is completely his. Here's what you need to get. None of that's changed. None of that has changed. God still shows up and supports and fights for those whose heart is completely his pastor I've given him all my heart your actions will always speak louder than your words and so if you're trying to manipulate a situation if you're looking to man instead of God you're going to wind up in trouble well how do you know his heart was wrong. How do you know, do you know that was Asa's problem? How can you be sure that's why he did it? Look, if we're not careful, we can let the blessing of God take us away from the presence of God. I want to say it again. If we're not careful, we can let the blessing of God take us away from the presence of God. It's the parable of the prodigal. It's the blessing of the father that ended up financing the trip away from the father's presence it's when God blesses and, and God help us not to fall victim to this trap but repeatedly in our lives and in the lives of humanity when God blesses us sometimes we take our ease we sit back and we're not as fired up our hearts not as pursuing God as hot as it was before because when you're in a mess you've got to have him when something's going wrong in your life you need him right then and right there but when things start going right do you understand if we could keep our heart hot while things are going well we wouldn't have to wade through this water but when you get lax and we forget and things are running smooth so it's just a lot easier what the guy do in scripture he said look man I'm blessed beyond measure I'm just going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns and say to my soul take your ease His sin isn't tearing down barns and building bigger barns. His sin is taking it easy. It's the point, and I don't really need to really go after God. Hey, I love you, Lord, top of the morning to you. I'll catch you later in the day. We give him just a nod rather than a heart. And it's his heart, it's our heart that he wants. Asa's heart had drifted from God. Jeremiah 29, 29 and 13 says, "'And you will seek me and find me "'when you search for me with awe.'" Everybody say it with me, "'Awe your heart.'" Not part of it, but all of it. How do you know his heart wandered? Look at what he did. After the prophet gave him that news, Asa throws the prophet in prison. He starts mistreating some of the people. He gets diseased in his feet and he refuses to go to God. Instead, he just goes to every doctor he can find. There's nothing wrong with doctors. But let me tell you, if you're not going to doctor Jesus first, you're in trouble. Thank God for doctors and for what they're able to do. But do you know that God's the one that gave them the knowledge? And he's still the healer. Doctors can treat you, but they can't heal you. He died diseased in his feet because he let his heart slip from that place. His son comes to reign in Israel, and his son had watched all of this transpire. He knew the years of peace and tranquility. And he saw what happened to his dad at the end. And so, when his son comes to the throne, the first thing Jehoshaphat does is he sends priests and Levites and and people from his kingdom throughout all the land of Judah, and they start teaching the Bible. Can I ask a question? What do you think would happen if our president made a decree that we've got this special group of men and they're going to go throughout this nation and teach the word of God? (laughs) I got news for you, Prez. You don't have to do it because we're doing it. We're going to continue to declare that he's God, that he's able, that he's willing and ready when we give our heart to him. Why would people be against pursuing God? Because when your heart's not there, you don't want anyone else's heart there either. Misery loves company. Jehoshaphat came in and said, it's not happening on my watch. I saw what happened to my dad. I saw where we went as a nation. I am going to make sure that our people know the God that we serve. I'm going to let them, I'm going to make available to them every way I can. Do you know when I was going to Russia, I had, we, we had a, uh, a correspondence deal going between the schools. I was taking artwork From children in Russia and bringing it to the schools in the U.S. and then taking artwork from the U.S. and taking it to schools in Russia. And I'd been into, I'd been to several schools in the U.S. and 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 had presented. And then I got ready to go into one school and I met with the principal and the teachers. And right before I go in, they say, "Now you know, this is a public school, and you can't talk about God in here." What'd you say? I looked at him, I said, I can't tell you about Russia without talking to you about God. It's a part of what they've gone through. Now, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to talk about God. So they put teachers in there to monitor me. And you know how well I am (laughs) at being able to keep my composure and not talk about God. I mean, you just got to drag it out of me every Sunday. So I went into that classroom and I looked around and I thought I said to myself, you know what? They're not going to let me come back here anyway. <laughs> so I opened up and I said, "I want you to think about what it would be like if you were sitting home at night in your home in a Somebody started pounding on your door and broke your door down and drug every Bible you had out of your house and burned it in the middle of a street. That's what happened in Russia. And I begin to go, man, all of a sudden I had teachers looking at me like, Uh, Students, students were leaning forward. But when it was all said and done, those teachers walked up to me and said, Thank you uh, for what you did today. Uh, Because everybody, uh, I said everybody needs to know about Jesus. I told my wife I was just going to be teaching today. She said, Well, you need to be a little evangelistic. I said, Well, it'll probably slip out a little bit. (laughs) He... Make sure that everyone knows. How many of you know that history can repeat itself? So that's why it's important for you to learn the lessons of history. Because those that don't learn the lessons of history are destined to repeat it. Another great army shows up against Judah. Jehoshaphat sees the army coming. And Jehoshaphat prays this prayer, 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. Sometimes we read that and we don't get what he just said. What he's saying is, I can't do this. That's a bitter pill to swallow, isn't it? Because we've been taught all our lives, well, we're self-made. You know, in the United States of America. Let the flag wave. It's all wonderful. But we are one nation under God. Not above him. Not beyond him. Not out of his grasp. The scriptures declared that the nation that forgets their God, he will destroy. The king says, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. You ever been there? You ever been to the place where it's just like, God, I don't, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what to do. That's a good place to be. Because when you think you know what to do, it's usually something you dreamed up yourself. And then you act on it and it gets you in trouble. I thought I knew what to do, to get out of the house, without my mom knowing. When I was five years old, I couldn't unlock the door. It was a skeleton key, and for I don't know. I know this sounds crazy, but I couldn't unlock the door, but I could open the window. <laughs> she told me, "You better not leave this house," so I didn't. I opened the window and I drug my friend in. True story. I grabbed him, drug him through the window. <laughs> then I lied about it. We were in there playing. Mom works second shift. She's in bed asleep. Rick, actually, well, yeah, she said, you have Greg in there? Get him on the couch. <laughs> no, Mom. He's not in here. See, we think we get away with something. But how many of you know that God sees everything we do? I mean, it, it, you ever do something, you know, you, ever, you, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, I got away with it. And then it dawns on you, God saw it. God, don't tell anybody. He knows that he's not able to do anything. But listen to what he says. But our eyes are upon you. Where have you set your heart? Because wherever you set your hearts, where you'll set your eyes. Amen. Who are you looking to? Are you still trying to get that lucky number on the lottery? I'm not saying anything against the lottery. If you win, pay ties. <laughs> are you still trying to? Find that, that, that gold pot at the end of a rainbow? Are you still searching and trying to find man as your answer? Or sometimes you just got to get to that place in your life where you fall. <laughs> Do it eloquently. <laughs> Folks, that's, look, man, I, flipped, I fell back flat on my back one night preaching. So that was nothing. get to a place where you're willing to just say God I I don't know what to do I I don't have the ability to change what I'm facing but I'm looking to you and I know you can do what I can't do I know you can change what I can't change I know that when I've reach the end of my road you can create a super highway if I'll just keep my eyes on you and so he keeps his eyes on him and guess what happens another prophet shows up and this is what the prophet says to Jehoshaphat do not be afraid don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours but God's tomorrow march out against them But you will not need to fight in this battle. Now, that's my idea of my kind of war. (laughs) What's he saying? He's saying, you got to show up, but I'm going to take care of it. You can't stay home. You got to show up. But when you show up, I'm going to show out on your behalf. And so they showed up. Let me borrow you a second. Girls, come here. Jasmine, run up here. Hurry. No, down here, down here. Well, okay, up here. No, down here. Right there, right there. Okay, all, all three of you together. Yeah, four, I'm sorry. Yeah, four. I don't know why I called you up here. No, okay, line, line up straight across, line up straight across. Like this, this way, this way. Yeah, straight. Like the, No, one line. There, all right, okay. So, look up at the screen if you want to see their backs. Okay, so here's what happens turn around the other way. I'm sorry, I forgot that the screen there now they can see you. No, they can't turn around and face me. Okay, so here they are, they're lined up now. Now, you have to position yourself. Everybody say, "Set Set. Set your heart. Your actions really determine where your heart's at. Right. So when Jehoshaphat goes out that morning to battle, he does something unique, something unheard of. He takes a bunch of worshipers and puts them in front of the army. Go ahead. I'm sorry, we're going to go that way now. I know I'm messing <laughs> you up. So he puts these worshipers in front of the army. Now these guys are getting ready to be attacked. Everybody say, attack. I didn't want them to know who was going to attack them. <laughs> okay, are you all right? Mm-hmm. I hope you are. In a minute. Okay, so this this is what happened. So they're they're going forward, and as they're going forward, they're singing. I don't care. Just yes, like that. now, now watch this. Watch this. Wait, this is important. Hang on. Okay, here's here's what it says. But you'll not need. To fight in this battle, position yourself, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. So the next day, when they go out, Jehoshaphat places the worshipers before the soldiers. And they begin to set their heart on God as they began to sing and praise him. Amen. You don't have much time. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest praise. Now. What they don't know, not so loud, not so loud. I mean, you're all right. You're all right. Come up here a second. What they don't know, what they don't know is that just, just ahead of them, getting ready to pounce on them It's the enemy. How many of you have ever had an attack come out of nowhere, man? Just, you know, you weren't expecting it. You weren't, you know, it wasn't like you got a notice from God, oh, tomorrow you're going to be attacked by the devil. Can I, can I let you in? Can I give you a newsflash? Tomorrow you're going to be attacked by the devil. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. What are you saying? That's the way, that, that's just the order of the war. That just happens. The question is, is how do you deal with the attack? They start praising God. Go ahead.
1: Glory to God in yeah, the high. Glory to you in the highest. Not me, him. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can clap, you can sing, you can dance, I don't care. Just Glory to you So the they're coming highest. along. Glory to you in the highest grace. Glory to you. Okay, stop. The While they're coming along, the enemy is ready. Get ready. Are you ready? Here. You're gonna jump right on top of them. Are you ready? Are you, hang hang on. Hang on. So they're singing, don't look at me, look at them. So they're singing, they're singing, and right when the enemy's getting ready to pounce, right when he's getting ready to jump, all of a sudden the scripture said that the Lord set an ambushment, and he took the enemy, and he took him away, and he took care of what they were getting ready to face. Do you understand? When you worship, when you praise, God will ambush your enemy. God will ambush your enemy when you set your heart on him. So the question is, is what do you have your heart set on? If what you have your heart set on is all about you, there's a problem. But if it's all about God... You're in a good place. When you make up your mind, this isn't about me, this is about Him. Job, the man, he was going through so much stuff. And I leave for your consideration, I don't know anyone that could go through what Job went through and not complain and not have some questions and not wonder. God isn't upset with Job's questions or Job's wondering. I think he just wanted Job to remember. He'd experienced so many years of his life in peace, everything going well. You never told about Job's early life. You never told about the times when he struggled to make ends meet, the times that things weren't so good, the days when it was difficult just to get by. But I promise you, he had them. We're just introduced to a man that's blessed beyond measure. And to a God that's saying, have you considered my servant, Job? (laughs) There's nobody like him. He loves me. Oh, man. I've thought about that. I thought about... I wonder what God says when he points to me. Have you considered my servant? He's always doubting me. He's always questioning. He's ready to give up. God, I hope not. There's none like him. He loves me. He has set his heart to know me. Well, let me send a storm his way, and we'll see what happens. Job experiences the worst storm of his life, and all of his friends are pointing fingers at him and saying, well, you know, you messed up. You did something wrong. You, are, you know, you're not living for God, right? You, how many of you have, have ever had a friend like that? You know. And that's when you get on the phone, and they say hello, and you want to say Goodbye. <laughs> So Job gets to a place where he begins to wonder where God's at. Anybody can relate to that? I I wish you'd appear before me as a judge so I could plead my case to you. And then I'd find out why this is happening to me. Those are pretty powerful words, aren't they? I mean, think about that. A man saying to God, just, you know, I don't understand why. Just show up like a judge. I mean, I can't fight against you. Why am I going through this? I just want to plead my case. And so Job gets his prayer answered. God shows up. (laughs) And this is what he says. Where were you when I spoke the earth into existence? He said... Can you speak to the ocean and tell it to stop there and don't come any closer and it obeys you? He said, can you cause Leviathan, which was a sea monster, he said, can you, can you serve Leviathan up as a feast? Could you make him bow down and worship you? He said, you set your hand to that battle, and you're, or he said, you set your hand to that fight, and you're not going to remember that battle because your life is going to be over. But when it comes to me, Leviathan bows before me. He caused the morning to break forth. He spoke the world into existence. And Job just begins to say, I abhorred myself and I repented in dust in ashes because I uttered things that were too marvelous for me to understand. And so he repents before God and God, my friend, lifts him up. Everybody say his friends. God had a word for them too. Come here. (laughs) Go ask Job to pray for you. Because unless he prays for you, I'm getting ready to wipe you out. (laughs) Now, the truth be told. <laughs> there's some of us that would love for that to happen. Make them line up right here. Do you know why it happened with Job? It's because he knew Job's heart was right, and he knew Job loved them. He didn't wish them any animosity. He didn't wish them any harm. He didn't wish them any hurt, and Job prayed for them. Can you imagine what we can accomplish together when we set our heart on God and love each other? Would you stand with me? I wonder if you just turn and look at someone standing next to you and say, love you. My mom made us do that one time. Somehow when you're made to do it, it just doesn't sound quite right. I told my brother I loved him and I was sorry for hitting him. Don't start going, oh, he jumped on me before I ever touched him. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, it was his turn. And he goes, I love you too. I didn't quite believe what he said. Here's the bottom line, folks. God knows us. He knows the very depths of us. I I want you to think about this. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows whether there's any animosity in my heart. He knows whether I'm holding anything. He knows. I remember coming to God and telling him one time, God, I I can't change what I'm feeling. I can't do that but i know you can and so i'm asking you change me and when he did it i experienced i experienced a miracle because it happened without me knowing it i wasn't prepared for it I was still feeling it and when he walked in it was like God's changed me. I'm telling you that God can change what you're experiencing right now if you'll set your heart to him. You're not going to find your answer in someone else. You're not going to find the solution by writing off for it and sending a 25 cent postcard. You're going to have to resolve yourself to not just look to God, but to trust God. And how many of you know that God's trustworthy? So this is what, come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do today for you. I'm not going to run up and pray for you and ask God. Now I will if God speaks to me too, but this is what I want you to get. There comes a time in your life... When you have to trust him enough, him, to come to him alone and to say, God, here I am. I trust you. I learned some valuable lessons when I was just a young guy in trusting God. I had God take me up to minutes before I was supposed to pay a bill and I was trusting God to be able to pay it and nothing had happened. And I, I almost turned to man. I almost made a phone call. And I thought, I've got to get this money somehow. I almost made a phone call and I felt something hold me back. And I thought, great God, now I'm gonna be known as a liar because I'm, 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 I'm not going to be able to keep my word. If I remember right, I had 10 minutes on the clock before the place closed and my word would go down in history as untrustworthy. And that might not mean much to you, but it meant a lot to me. Debbie's mom showed up from town and they were talking and she said, Oh, by the way, while I was in town, I met your old landlord. She said, you moved out before you used up all your rent. (laughs) I ain't never heard that in my life. Here's here's your rent money. Man, I took off like a bolt of lightning. I not only had enough to pay my bill, I had enough to fill my car up with gas. Just little things along life's way that God does for you to try and lure you in to trusting him. Because if you can trust him over these little things, what he say? He told us, he said, look, if you can't be trusted with little things, how could I trust you with Big things, important things. But if we can learn how to trust God in little things, over the process of your life, your little things are going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger until someone's going to look at you and say, that man knows how to trust God. How about it? Are you ready for it to happen? Right now, this this is what I want you to do. We're going to close up up front today. So whatever it is you've got, I, I don't care if it's, if it's finances, if it's relationships, if it's health, whatever it is you've got that you need to trust God with, it it may be, it, it may be your response mechanism. You may have trouble with your mouth. You may have trouble with, you know, with, you get angry when you're driving through St. Louis. Don't cat goes you may get angry when you drive through Carbondale I don't know what I'm saying is this is you don't have to navigate it alone so today I want us to adjust our hearts set that mechanism set that compass so that your true north is Jesus and every time you're looking for direction, it always points to him. Are you ready? On the count of three, everybody come real quick. One, two, three. Everybody run down, run down. You are the slowest runners I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> come on down. Come on down. If you need if you need help with this, if you need help with this, why don't you just reach out and take somebody by the hand and say we would you pray with me? Would you, would you help me navigate this? Because look, there's a lot of places. I, you know, men's greatest problem, well maybe not our greatest problem, but one of our greatest problems is we don't like to ask for directions. How many of you know a guy that he is not going to pull over and ask for directions? He'll just keep wandering around until he figures it out. When, when you have to be someplace to preach at a certain time, you can't afford that luxury. So I learned to stop and ask. And I cannot tell you how many times I pulled into a gas station. I told Debbie, I said, I feel like that I, I, I don't know where I'm at. I feel like I need to stop. I, I just need to stop. I pulled into a gas station on several occasions. And the gas station I pulled in and stopped at, when I asked the guy for directions, he said, yeah, you turn right here. If I hadn't been looking for that, if I hadn't been searching for that, I would have went right by it. God is able to speak to you even when you don't realize He's speaking to you. He's adjusting and calibrating your heart. So all of a sudden you feel something and and you may not even like what you feel, but you know that God's speaking to you. And so you either embrace it or you reject it. And if you reject it, you get further and further away from where you ought to be. But if you embrace it, you save yourself vital time and energy because you don't have to retrace where you've already been to get to where God's taking you, amen? amen. Are you ready? I just feel good today. I I, feel, I didn't get to play golf, I feel good. I, Are you ready for it? So, hands up, hearts out. <laughs> Come on, some of you. Just go like this. Here's my heart, God. Here's my heart. See, some of us protect this thing because it's been hurt so many times. We don't want anybody touching it. Can't do that, folks. You got to trust God. But it's been hurt before. Not by God, it hasn't. <laughs> But you don't know what they did. God knows what they did. And he wasn't happy when they did it. But he's not going to do it. So quit being afraid to let him have it. And just say, here it is, God. Here it is. I give it to you right now. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Shout it with me. Here's my heart. Sing it. I know.
1: Rainbow is coming, by I, I see a baby.
0: I'm going to let you go. Everybody say, he promised. He promised. But I want to share this with you. I shared this at the National Day of Prayer. And I want to share it here with you today. Because sometimes where we set our hearts, we think we've set them in the right place. But we're missing what God wants to do for us. There was this young man and he was enrolled in seminary. And so summer was coming up. He was going to be out of school and he wanted to he had to have a job to make money but he wanted to do something significant over the summer rain so he, he thought maybe God would let him be a counselor at one of the many camps but as he began to apply for all the camps all the counselor spots were taken he looked for an internship at churches but there was nothing for him he ended up driving a city bus in the inner city he was frustrated with it upset about it as he's driving and his route there was a gang of boys that got on every day and harassed his customers and they would not pay fare they walk right by him and, and not pay fare one day he had enough of it they came on walked past didn't pay the fare and started harassing everybody And the young man saw a police officer up on the corner he drove up to the corner stopped opened the door police officer got on and he looked at them and he said sir he said these boys keep getting on my bus they refuse to pay fare and they're harassing my customers so the officer looked at the boys and they said all right you either pay the fare or get off the bus unfortunately for the driver they paid the fare and the officer got off the bus a few blocks later they jumped him left him beaten and bloody. He reported it. The officer had seen them. It didn't take long for them to round everybody up and a court date was set. The young man was at home and his anger just kept mounting and mounting and he kept thinking, "God, I asked. I wanted to do something significant for you and this is what I get. So I can't believe you let this happen to me. I I can't believe they knocked out one of his teeth. They had man, they you know, they torn his clothes, he was just a bloody mess. When the door when the court date came around when there's a violent attack, oftentimes the court will allow the victim to testify in hopes of sealing the fate of those that committed the atrocity. So he showed up at court and he asked to speak. But when he got up, he was a changed man, <laughs> something happened to his heart. He looked at the boys and he saw them and he looked back at the judge. He said, judge, this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to take all their sentences, add it up and let me serve their time. You could have heard a pin drop in that courtroom. Those boys mouth dropped open The judge said, sir, that's irregular. There's no way we're going to do that. And he refused to do it. And he sentenced those boys to jail. But guess who came to see them every day? And guess what happened by the end of that summer? (laughs) He had a significant ministry. Those boys had given their hearts to God. It wasn't what he imagined it wasn't what he'd asked for but God knew it was what he needed help us not to get so high and mighty that we feel like we're holier than everybody else what was it Jeannie said only goofballs and what Oh, oddballs. I thought she said goofballs. There's probably a few of those around us. Just See, God didn't come to save a perfect world because the world's not perfect. He came, he came to save us. And it's important that we remember that so that we can extend that same type of love to one another. Do you know that there's some people that think you're an oddball, Danny? Did you know that there's some people that think I'm a screwball? You do know that? (laughs) I want a list of names right now. (laughs) But the truth is, is that we are uniquely connected brother and sister in Christ. And God has his very best in mind for you i pray that you receive it find it walk in it and have the time of your life come on let's give one more hand clap of praise in here today god bless you today may the lord smile on you and cause you to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath and know this you're blessed going in and coming out in jesus name i know the breakthrough is coming
1: See America